0: Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, Tiffany is in Rome. I'm in Seattle. But Tiffany, you were not in Rome recently. You actually went away. I actually
1: the- went somewhere. <laughs> you
0: actually it's went a miracle. You, you went away and like, well, I living in the United States, if I were to go away, let's say I wanted to travel two hours away from where I am right now. Where could I actually, go? Actually, about an hour and a half. Hour actually, half. Not even two hours. Hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. All right. So if I had an hour and 40 minutes, I could drive from Seattle down probably down to the state capital, which is Olympia. Or I could Mm -hmm. drive up to a town that I went to college in called Bellingham, which is right by the Canadian border. Uh, Neither of those places, as exciting as where you went, from my perspective, sitting over here anyway, tell us where you went. I was in Florence, cradle of
1: the Renaissance.
0: Well, how long had it been since you had been in Florence? Because if it is only an hour and a half away, you know. I
1: know. You'd think that we would go all the time, but we never go the last time I went there was a few days after my wedding. Oh, not part of my honeymoon. It was not part of my honeymoon. But my father and stepmother, my father had kind of always wanted to see Florence. I'm not sure why. I don't I don't know that I we really talked about it, but it was something that that he'd always just had this thing that he wanted to see Florence and I just knew that at that at that state in his life and with his inexperience traveling in Europe, in non, you know, English-speaking countries, you know, and same with my my stepmother. I just thought, you know what? Let's go with them. I said to Claudio, "Let's just go one night, an overnight trip to Florence."
0: It was great, and I don't know why we we never went back. A side question about your father before we move on to your big trip: Was your wedding the last big trip your dad went on? Do you know?
1: I think so. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was. And definitely the last uh, international trip, I would, I would think. But more than that, you know, my wedding was one of the last times I spent a significant amount of time with my father while he was still well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, d- you don't know that at the time when it's happening. But uh, so, I, yeah, I definitely had some feelings when we were there because of that. Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. So what was your goal this time in going? beyond just well, getting out of town of course.
1: Yeah, well it was it was mainly a research trip. So the book that I'm writing right now takes place in Florence in the year 1600 and that's not really a common time to have books set in Florence. Like Florence is about the Renaissance. It's all about the you know the 1400s. That's the golden period of Florence Mm -hmm. is the 1400s sort of like in Rome it's kind of the 1500s or even the 1600s like when you're talking about art obviously there's also ancient ancient Rome major important periods there but for Florence it's really the 1400s and all the history and all the most important art in Florence is really concentrated on the 1400s so it's actually very difficult for me to research because every time you, you try to research florence like it's all about you know the 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 Rome of the renaissance and all of the art is focused on you know the artists who are working there in in that period and so it, it can be a little bit difficult uh to research so I, we decided to go so i could do some actual research on the ground and one of my friends is a tour guide in florence and i hired her to take us around the Pitti palace where a lot of the book takes place, uh, the Medici Palace during that period. And she just said, it is is such a breath of fresh air just to have a different time period to be talking about and studying. She had to sort of bone up on her early 17th century Florentine history because it's just not what most people, you know, most people just wanna go to the Uffizi and they wanna go see the David. Maybe they'll go to the Duomo. That's what people want tours for anyway. But yeah, so we went to, as I said, the the Palazzo Pitti, which is, um, you know, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's full of amazing art. But as as a historical fiction writer, you know, you want to be immersed in your time period, you know, and it's almost like, especially if you've been to the city before, it's like, I don't want to know anything about any other time period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. This room was redecorated in the 1700s. I don't even want to go there. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of difficult because the Pitti Palace was totally redecorated decorated but in, I, I don't know, it was the late 1700s or anyway, very little of it is how it would have appeared to my my protagonists. So you, know, you do have to still use a certain amount of imagination, but it was definitely valuable nonetheless. And we went to a medieval church where a scene takes place that I'm still trying to figure out uh, how it's going to work. And so that was very helpful. One day we just stumbled upon the Galileo Museum. Mm. I guess I knew I guess I knew there was a Galileo Museum there. Someone had mentioned it to me before and I was like, oh yeah, I gotta do that when I eventually go to Florence. This is before I had I had booked the trip and then I totally forgot about it. And we were just sort of wandering down the
0: street one day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's the Galileo Museum. (laughs) So we went in. And that was great. (laughs) Well, which brings us to the reason why you would set your book in a different time period than what's popular is because your book is centered around Galileo. Right? Is that correct? Yes, the book is centered around Galileo. But yes, yes, that's true.
1: It's yes and yes. Yes. And also, I should say, (laughs) yes, it is. The book is centered around Galileo. He is my historical signpost of that book he's not the protagonist but he is he's a character in the book and he's my historical like he's he's what everything he's what ties the story together just as caravaggio was the the character who tied everything together in the first book of this series the protagonist it's following her life as she interacts with these people and so clearly you know i'm not going to jump ahead 50 years (laughs) <laughs> because I want her to be roughly the same age. I chose Galileo also because he was living in that same time. So yes and yes. Mm-hmm. Yes and also.
0: Yeah. So when you when you hire a tour guide, even if it's a friend of yours, to show you around, but they have to study up on a different time <laughs> period. I know. Is that particularly expensive? She gave me a good deal because we're friends
1: and also because we pass each other work. So it wasn't terribly expensive. But she was almost like, I'm excited to do a different tour. And she's always expanding and she's always expanding the tours that she offers. And so she used it, I suppose, as an excuse to study up for a future tour that she might do. So in this case, no, it wasn't. It could be though. if you want something really,
0: really specific, you might have to pay more for it. So it's been what, like over 10 years since you've been to Florence before. And I know that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a little different with these ancient cities because it's not like things change necessarily at a rapid pace where if you stayed away from seattle for 10 years there might be whole neighborhoods that you don't recognize anymore (laughs) um but did anything stand out to you as being like really different or something striking from what you remembered to what you actually saw visiting it again
1: nothing strikes me as striked me (laughs) nothing (laughs) struck me (laughs) nothing says i occasionally forget my english Nothing struck me as being really different, although I have not spent enough time in Florence in my life to maybe notice if things are different. so you know if you' if you lived in Florence and then you went back, maybe yes, maybe lots of things did change, and I just don't pick up on those things. I did feel a big a big difference between Rome and Florence, which it's not the first time I've noticed this. It feels like such a smaller city.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um it really feels like um. Not a small town, but, you know, definitely not the big bustling capital city that Rome feels. Just Rome has these big, grand, huge streets that Florence just doesn't have, not in the center anyway. So it feels much more walkable. It feels, just feels a little bit more, as they say in Italy, they say it's it feels more man sized, you know, like mm-hmm. human sized,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: as opposed to, you know, you know, this enormous, larger than life place that sometimes Rome can feel.
0: So you took the train, wisely took the train, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. The only time
0: I ever went to Florence, I drove, which. What?
1: um... (laughs) (laughs) Why would you do that?
0: I don't remember. It takes longer.
1: Okay, it takes longer. When you take the train to Florence, you, you basically are going right along the highway. Like the highway is not for the entire trip, but for a good chunk of it, you can see the highway going by beside you and you're going so much faster than the cars. Mm-hmm. it's actually, like, shocking how much faster than the cars
0: you go, even when there's no traffic. I think it takes three hours to drive, maybe, maybe two and a half. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I mean, I'm sure we rented a car because I was living in Rome at the time when we went, and my parents... You went with your parents. My parents right? were visiting. Yeah, So it I must have been that. a calculation of what's cheaper and easier for four people to go together, and it was uh, the car. However, I will say that Florence... Like Rome many times, it's not the easiest place to drive because there, there are those changing zones where all of a sudden you're going down a road and you realize that you're not supposed to be on this road during this particular time. and But you don't realize it until you're like halfway up the road and then you don't know how to get off of it. And so, yeah, I, we did get a ticket. in Florence you know it's just so hard when you're driving in cities like that to not get a ticket I feel like every time I drive into a city like Florence or Rome I get a ticket of some kind there's just you know it's the ignorance of being the foreign traveler maybe but I just it's so hard it's so hard to know
1: I mean even in Rome I get myself into situations sometimes where I'm like oh shoot am I allowed to be on this road Mm -hmm. Uh, because a navigator doesn't always know you know so sometimes they send you on a road where like only buses can go or something But yeah, I mean, I don't even know where you would leave your car in Florence. I know in Rome, like the places you can park because I live here, but I I, I wouldn't even begin to know where to park in Florence. Why didn't you ask me, Katie? Why didn't you say, Tiffany, should we drive or take the train? It's just the
0: train is so easy. I'm sure I did. I can't imagine that I wouldn't have consulted you. I know that the hotel we stayed in, you recommended. So I must have talked to Ah. you about it, but but I don't know. Well, we
1: stayed there again. Um, because it's our kind of go-to hotel. It's the hotel that, you know, the, every time I go to Florence and like I said, it hasn't been happening very often, but we always stay in the same hotel. And since COVID it changed hands and they completely redid it. And so now it's four stars. Apparently that's what they say. Hmm. I don't know. I'm dubious on that. I mean, I'm sure it is technically four stars, but it doesn't feel like a four star hotel to me. (laughs) Um, and the rooms are smaller and so, and the prices are higher i wouldn't go out of my way to stay there again it used to be a really really great deal and i think a really cool cool hotel for the price but now it's a little bit like "Mm, seems a little bit expensive for what it is but i will tell you what struck me on this trip katie Um, you know we've talked a lot about when you live in a place like when you lived in rome for a year and then you come back years and years and years later and how is it different and who do you recognize and what feelings come up and i've never lived in florence but I have these two or three distinct memories of my time traveling there. One is, of course, the most recent time with my dad and my stepmom, a couple of days after I got married. One is a trip that I went there with Claudio when we were first, you know, first together. We'd been together less than six months and and we went and we we stayed one night there. And the, both of those trips were very, very short and very memorable mm. and it's funny. I have such sharp memories from those times. I don't have the memories that you would have of being in Rome because I wasn't there nearly as long, but I have these really, really specific memories that really, I feel like I'm reliving in a sense. And and, and I, the, the trip, the most important, not necessarily important, but the most memorable trip that I ever took to Florence was my first time in Italy. The very first time I ever went to Italy at 14 years old, I only went to Florence. Mm. And again, it was a very short trip. I think it was three days with my mom and my sister. We had been in France and we took an overnight train down to Florence and then back just so we could see Florence. And I was obsessed with a Room with a View at that time. I mean, I still love it, but I was obsessed. I had just discovered it at 12 and it was the obsession was still extremely strong at 14. That was really the the, the trip, though, that the memories were popping out. I was looking at. You know, the Loggia dei Lanci, which is that beautiful space in Piazza della Signoria with all of the gorgeous statues. Some of them are extremely famous and it's just sort of out in the open. And I just remember when I went there with my mom and my sister it was all closed off. They were restoring it. And I was devastated because I wanted to go up there like Lucy does in the movie, you know, in the book and wander around and look at these statues. And I couldn't. And I remember I was like crying and I was like, mom, take a
0: picture of me here. And she's like, well, stop crying. You're in Florence. Stop crying. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, your mom, your mom has gone to great time and expense to make this possible. (laughs) And you're just weeping. I know. Not the outcome. But I was also
1: just also weeping at the fact that I was there. I was in this place. stand, And then I kept... To, when we were there, I just kept looking at the fountain that's in that square. Where if you've seen the movie, you know the scene where, you know, Lucy sort of walks into the square for the first time. She's like sort of experiencing Italy for the first time. And these two men get into a brawl. And one of them gets stabbed. And they drag him over to the fountain. And they're cleaning him. And he ends up dying. And it's a very dramatic moment. And I'm just looking at the fountain. And it was it was weird it was like I was reliving my reliving of the movie because of course the first time I was there I'm looking at all these things and they were new for me too you know I've never seen this place live I've only ever seen it in the movie A Room with a View mm-hmm. and I'm seeing you know the Palazzo Vecchio and I'm seeing the loggia and the fountain I just remember that so much that feeling that I had and I so I was reliving it kind of on this trip every so often I would look around and I would just get like shivers
0: Hmm. it's interesting that that thing about a movie and we've talked a bit about the influence that movies and pop culture have sometimes on the things that we do with our actual lives but because Mm -hmm. of the way that movies frame sometimes particularly particular real things in a dramatic fashion whether it be the, the music under it or the story that's around it. Um, I remember seeing the uh, mini-series version of Angels in America that came out around the early 2000s. And in it, they um, used this iconic kind of shot of the angel statue that stands in Central Park in New York, they film it from below, so it looks like this big, huge, grand statue. And and I had never actually seen that statue in real life. And I remember walking by it almost accidentally. I didn't go looking for it. Angels in America, I l- thought it was a great miniseries, but it wasn't like it changed my life, you know. And now I'm going to go walk around in the set of Angels of America. Uh, but I just walked by it, you know stood right below it where it was filmed and I'm like wow like look at that thing they made that so iconic and even by looking at it it's like all of a sudden all of these different emotions and thoughts that that movie was centered around are now somehow held within that statue even though anybody else walking by it who's not seen Angels in America would get something totally different from it or maybe they saw it in a completely different film I'm sure it's been filmed many times but it's kind of Mm -hmm. interesting how because of it becoming a part, like this piece of art becoming a piece of another piece of art, it's almost like layers upon layers upon layers of stories are put upon these ancient things.
1: You know? Yeah. Not it, that the it, angel in true.
0: New York is ancient, but yeah. Uh, but but yeah. it's old.
1: But I mean, yeah, that's what, what really made me think. I was like, this is a historic square that was used in a movie, or I should say it was used in a in a book that was then turned into a movie and then I went there and I experienced it and saw it and it, it did have a huge impact on me. And then I, I'm coming back years and years later and I'm having a new experience with it that's based on that first experience. I don't know. It's, it's weird. But yes, it's, it's very layered and, and very interesting because it wasn't like I was reliving the film. I was reliving my reliving of the film. Right. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. But so when As you're a 14 year old. Yeah, so when you're standing there reliving you're reliving of the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're imagining yourself as a 14-year-old. Like what what were you imagining? Were you just remembering you crying your mother telling rem- you to stop like things like that? Yeah, I was re- I was remembering that that dramatic
1: upset feeling you know that teenage angst where you're like I've waited my whole life <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be here and now I can't even go up there where I want to you know where I want to be yeah I remember I just
0: remember it so well I remember that feeling so well well and of course as a 14 year old maybe not even assuming that you'll ever be back like this is your oh I one and I, only I chance knew I, I knew. knew I'd be back Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you... I knew the second the second
1: that train crossed the border into Italy, I knew. I knew it was not going to be my, my last time. I was going to spend a lot of time in Italy.
0: So it wasn't that you were going to be back because you were going to come back to Florence until that part of the city was open so that you could go. <laughs> uh, I said to
1: Claudio, actually, as we were walking down the street, I said, what would have happened? How would my life be different if I had said, I'm going to move to Florence
0: instead of I'm going to move to Rome. I mean, that is interesting. Like, w- given that you were so obsessed with Florence, why didn't you move to Florence? I never spent any time there,
1: I guess. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, besides that trip, um, I went I went to, uh, to Lucca, which is near Florence, actually. It's very close. Um, and I spent a month there when I was 20. And that was also a life-changing trip. I'm sure I've talked about it. Mm-hmm. But then every single other major trip that I took to Italy was in Rome, because that's where I had relatives, my famous relatives, you know, so I kept going, I did, I did a music festival in Rome the year after Luca. And I made contact with these relatives. And then I just kept every time I came back, it was, I stayed with them most of the time. And I started to explore Rome. And I started to really see Rome as a city that I could live in. It just seemed like a livable city that doesn't mean Florence isn't but I wasn't experienced I'd only ever experienced Florence as a teenage tourist so I guess I just never I just never considered it quite frankly and I honestly don't know if I would have been able to find work in Florence
0: it was a place of just movies maybe I you
1: know? mean I, yeah I don't know I've always thought the same thing too I'm like I was so obsessed with that movie that's the reason I moved to Italy and yet I didn't end up there I didn't even consider it I didn't
0: even consider it Uh, What about Claudio? I mean, maybe you didn't ask him about it, but since he grew up in Rome, he's he's lived next to Florence his entire life. If you live next to Florence your entire life, is it the thing that you just visit all the time? You know, it's just a... No, I don't think so. Florence doesn't seem like it's that close.
1: And I think that's just because in Italy, you know, the distances are so much shorter that, um, you know, I don't know. I just people don't... I think if people take really short trips, like they're generally going to take a trip that's like a half an hour, you know, a really short trip, like an overnight trip. So I don't, I don't, or even a day trip. Like, I think that the distance between Rome and Florence is totally a doable day trip. If if you're energetic, I think I've done it as a day trip once before I was with Claudio with a girlfriend to an American. I think it, you know, Americans would totally, you know, if there was an amazing city that was an hour and 40 minutes away by train, they would go there for a day trip. Italians don't tend to travel that far for such a for for a day trip
0: is that because you know in Italy you're just surrounded by priceless treasures <laughs> like, kind of anywhere you go to be honest kind
1: of I but I feel like I, it's probably just my imagination but I always feel like Rome is like the exception to that like there's nothing around Rome mm-hmm. like every did we do a bonus episode on like with the, the, the towns near Rome? And I'm like, there are none. Like, <laughs> yeah, we found a go, few, but yeah. Yeah, we found some. If you go to like Bologna, right? Mm-hmm. You only have to travel five minutes to find like 10 gazillion amazing small towns. That's how it feels to me here in Rome. And even also Florence. Like there are so many. There's Siena. There's Lucca. There's Pisa. There's Arezzo. There's Assisi. Like there's just all of these amazing towns that are so close close like 20 minutes and I feel like Rome it like sucked everything into itself and mm-hmm. left everything around it barren with with some exceptions okay Tivoli is amazing Ostia Antica is amazing but you know what it's like there's like Frascati okay all right sure like <laughs> you know I'm like yeah. I could I could take a take or leave Frascati but uh, but yeah, I feel like if I lived in the north of Italy, I would be every single Sunday in a different town. But yeah. never think to do it here in Rome.
0: Yeah, how interesting. Claudio has never
1: been to Venice. Can you believe that?
0: Wow. Yeah. When it's he's never been there. Well, how far away would Venice be by train? I mean, I know it's not kind of e- as easy to get to, but
1: yeah, it's much farther. I would, but, but I mean, still now these days with the super high speed trains somebody can correct me if I'm wrong.
0: I think it's about between three and four hours. So it's really not it's <laughs> not that bad. Yeah. It takes less time than it would take me to drive to the other side of the state of Washington.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I've done that drive many times. That's mm-hmm. where my grandparents are all from. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Well get on it. Throw that man on a train. Send him away. I know.
1: I know. <laughs> no, I mean, I I would like to go with him. I haven't been to – there's another town I haven't been to in ages. Yeah. Longer. Longer than how long it had been since I went to Florence. I think I went to Venice my first winter in Rome. I went for Carnevale, and I, that would have been 2005. I don't think I've been back. I'm pretty yeah. sure I
0: haven't. Well, one last question. Another young man who's growing up in Rome in, in Italy, Aurelio, your son, seven years old, <laughs> When you take him somewhere in, like, Florence, and here he's been surrounded by the museums and churches and palaces of Rome for his entire life, you know, do you get the impression that he's impressed, or does it feel like any other spot in Rome to him? I think kind of. I mean, I kept being like, we're in a new city. I felt like he
1: wasn't as excited as I expected him to be. I feel like a couple of years ago, he would have been way more excited, I think a couple of years ago, he was much more absorptive of whatever I was putting out there. You know, if I was excited, he was excited. Mm-hmm. When he was four or five years old, and now he's, you know, developing his own personality and tastes and moods. And so, you know, he's not as easily manipulatable. Is that? Is that <laughs> sounds horrible? Sounds horrible. So yeah, when well, we we when we arrived, we got up really well. We got up really early. The first day, you know, when we got like a 7 a.m. train, he'd had a really, really hard day the day before because I had made him do all of his weekend homework uh. after his extra long school day plus piano lesson. So he was exhausted. So we were on the train. We got off the train. We checked into our hotel. Luckily, they let us check in at 9 a.m. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we immediately crossed town to meet my friend and to have our tour at Palazzo Pitti. And... He was exhausted. He, like I, he, he was so not interested. Like occasionally he'd stop and look at some of the paintings. He recognized a few. He recognized the Caravaggio. Um, he recognized the Botticelli. So that was that was exciting. But um, <laughs> but he was like, when are we gonna leave? And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought you loved museums. What's going on? <laughs> um, or all in all, he he liked it. But he was, let's just say, he was not as enthusiastic as I imagined he would be.
0: Mm-hmm. But he liked it. Maybe if he sees a room with a view with you sometime. <laughs> <laughs> and you take hmm. <laughs> not yet, not yet. He's a little uh on the young side for such a movie. Yeah. But yeah, maybe one day he'll
1: mm-hmm.
0: he'll see himself in that somehow. I don't know.
1: Perhaps. You know, it's funny how much um maybe this is true for everyone, but I see it in him. Like if he recognizes something, like if, if he's heard about something before whether he learned about it in school or whether it's part of a game that we have or part of, in you know, a movie that we saw, he gets really excited about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Really
1: excited. Yes. He was so, so excited about that Van Gogh exhibit because they had studied it in Van Gogh in school. When he saw the Botticelli, we have this, this game that is like art, an art collecting game. And it has certain artists. It has maybe 16, 15, 16 artists. And one of the artists is Botticelli I don't know that he particularly likes Botticelli more than any other artist, but because he recognized it, recognized the name, recognized the style, he was all excited, Mom,
0: Botticelli, Botticelli. And I was like,
1: <laughs> no, it, just, it was just interesting that so much of it, and I feel like it's the same with music for a lot of people, a lot of adults too. I think if you go to the opera... And you hear a song, you know, it's like, oh, I love this song. Yeah. It's like, do you really love it? Or is it just exciting that you recognize it? I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's almost sort of like being um, not lost, you know, like for a moment you're, you're found in this one spot of like, oh, I know this, this is, I belong with this. I know about this versus uh, I have no idea where this opera is going or I have no idea who this (laughs) painter is or or why he's important you know it's that sort of moment where you find a little of yourself out in the world maybe Mm -hmm. all right could be well we should leave it there i'm terribly jealous that you got to just (laughs) pop off to florence um and until next time this is the bittersweet life i'm katie sewell i'm tiffany parks join us again Bye. bye